Welcome everyone to another edition of the Ramp Check Podcast. I'm Tony Rumfollow. I'm Aaron Rumfollow. And it's little brother Ryan Rumfollow here. Who's fully engaged in the podcast because he's texting and... Oh, yeah. You mean all that <laughs> stuff from our last episode? Thanks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, um, yeah. So on today's edition of the Ramp Check Podcast, uh, I believe it's my turn to be interviewed. Is that correct? Yay. Yes. <laughs> and I, I, have, I have a rule for you. We keep it to aviation. Let's not talk about, like, all the the left turns and forks in the road that you go down. Oh, that's fine. That's that's <laughs> fine. I just thought you were gonna like um, no. ask me about or tell me not to talk about the fars or some. Shit. Oh no! <laughs> no, it's just funny because anybody that listens to the podcast, I'm sure knows that Tony, the brother Tony. You like come out of left field and you're like, oh, I guess we're talking about the jazz now. Well, okay. So it's funny that you should mention that. So I'm not going to talk about the jazz, but so does anybody hate Christmas shopping as much as I do? Well, let me, let me, let me requalify that. It depends. Yeah. I wasn't even Christmas shopping today and I hate Christmas shopping more than ever. (laughs) It's just the well, idiots that are... Why, well, that's why online shopping is so much more popular these days. Plus, online shopping, they're not going to be out of stock on, usually, you know? You go to a store, they don't even have what you want. Well, it, but most of the time when you're shopping online, you don't find it's out of stock until you check out. <laughs> yeah, or the, best one is, or the best one is you order it, and then the email confirmation says... Thank you for your pre-order on this product. And you're like, what? <laughs> we'll ship it out as soon as the item becomes available, which is generally in three to six months. Yeah, seriously. That's what I was just going to say. I ordered something, and then it's like delivery date January 25th. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm not getting that for Christmas. Yeah, I guess not. I guess I'll have <laughs> yeah. to print out the receipt and wrap that up for somebody yeah could have said that before anyway. i click checkout well and the other day i was i was in bed and we had an amazon package delivery at 6 30 in the morning they're starting yeah. early this time of year that's oh yeah well and, and what i was getting to is i had to run a few errands today and just avoid Anything that has a sign that says Walmart, Target, Best Buy, Kohl's. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, it's crazy. Oh, my God, what a nightmare. So, and, Merry Christmas, everyone. Holiday edition podcast. Exactly. <laughs> and, I know. And, and here, here we are going left field. The already. shit people do to fight for a parking spot? <laughs> yeah. 
know. Well, thank nuts. goodness we have aviation then. I mean, don't get <clears> me wrong. Like, I I do miss the busy season working out on the ramp just because the days went by faster and a lot more right, people are right. traveling. But I'm also not too upset about not having to be out in the snow, the cold, dealing with, you know everything that yeah. comes with this season so i'm kind of 50 50 i miss it but on the other hand you know it's good to be at home too, i know but... it's, and, and it's kind of funny like working holidays too um the right. rent because the airport always sucks you in on holidays oh yeah oh yeah and it ha- it's like mixed feeling because it's kind of fun sometimes working holidays because not only are you getting paid two or three times your normal rate mm-hmm. um any good company is gonna do that <laughs> but um um yeah, you know working the ramp but but yeah. it's like it, it's kind of fun working you know christmas or new year's i've i've worked pretty much every holiday that there ever was i'm sure you guys have too mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of a double-edged sword it's it's kind of fun because you know things aren't like totally normal it's a little bit slower like on you know christmas eve or you know new year's eve or whatever but it's kind of fun when the customers do show up because usually, you know, it's like pretty laid back and, you know, good time. Yeah, but, and usually uh, they they tip better, like with, with yeah, true. tipping. Yeah. And, you know, right. I worked a few graveyard shifts on Christmas Eve into Christmas morning, and it was kind of fun driving home, you know, Christmas morning at 6 a.m., and there's just no one on the roads and... <laughs> yeah, no yeah that is kind of cool driving through the neighborhood and all these little <laughs> kids are about to wake up and <laughs> i don't know yeah it's kind of fun yeah no, you're driving by <laughs> make some noise i just i just want to thank you little brother for putting us back on task uh, you're I, welcome I was <laughs> yeah trying, good job didn't want to upset aaron you know so yeah so we, I, ironically i was the one that brought it up yeah, that you took did. us on that left turn that's so, your fault yeah. So, uh, in addition to my interview segment, of course, we'll be doing uh, another round of the Ramp Check Aircraft Challenge that's coming up. We're getting down oh, yeah. there. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a few news items, current event things we'll cover, too, real yeah, quick here. A couple of um, things. And, then, and uh, also an announcement uh, for Ramp Check. Just remember... That's right. Just remember the ham... Right. Or the ham... The what? <laughs> <laughs> The hashtag that I was going to call it the hamp tag. The uh, <laughs> just just remember this hashtag RCG ramp swag. We'll explain that yeah, coming up. Exactly, so, Aaron. Cool. You want to you want to kick us off with a couple of news items? Or yeah, news sure. Item? Um, one thing that I wanted to um, uh, bring up is actually an idea that I think would be kind of cool. Um, if any of you listening. Uh, really want us to do this let us know you know hit us up on instagram or twitter uh facebook um you can find us at ramp Chat global um but i have i just found my box of like old aviation week magazines we should go through a bunch of these and find some articles on like predictions or this and this about aviation and see which ones have come true and which ones have not i thought like that the, would be kind of a like the a jetsons cool flying cars do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or, or like, you know, I've got, I've got <clears throat> some magazines, like when the, the YF 22 first flew and the YF 23, oh, wow. you know, they're talking about the competition and who's going to win. And, 
you know, so it'd be kind of just cool to go through some Do of that. Do you stuff. happen to have yeah. an issue that covered the announcement of Boeing Sonic Cruiser? Remember that aircraft? Uh, you know what? I don't think I do because the, these are all late 80s, early 90s oh, edition gotcha. ones. Well, they may and the still... the Cruiser was, yeah, was there, later, later than that. There may still be some, like, talking about the future of, like, the supersonic age, you know, and just kind of see mm-hmm. where they think we're going to be with that. Yeah, that'd be cool. We should uh, we should create a little segment about that. We should. Yeah, definitely. So, that's cool, but... Um, okay, so like the first news item that I'll kind of go over, and uh, since we love Hill Air Force Base so much, it's our uh, home state Air Force Base, and uh, kicks ass because it's loaded with F thirty fives. So um, the uh, the four twenty first Fighter Squadron at Hill Air Force Base received its first F thirty five Lightning two on December twelfth. Um, the squadron is the last of three squadrons um, in Hill's 388 fighter wing to take possession of combat-ready aircraft, bringing the 388 fighter wing closer to full strength. So uh, Hill just keeps getting more F-35s. I think that they, as early as just a few days ago, actually received another one. So I think the 421st has uh, two F-35s now. So are they, but, like, swapping um, these out with F-16s, like, one for one? Is that how they're doing it? Yeah, so all the hmm. F-16s are actually uh, gone from Hill, and so what's happening now is when they do get deliveries of F-35s, it just goes to whatever uh, squadron is um, um, needs them. And the 421st was the last one. So we know, you know, the 388th uh, fighter wing, uh, the 419th, um, those, you know, had received – you know, quite a few F-35s. And so now the 421st um, is uh, is getting stocked up. But the full complement F-35 should be about 78 by the end of 2019. And right now they're at about Jeez. 52 F-35s. So wow, um, it's pretty cool. Whenever you're in that area, I mean, you just hear them and feel them because those uh, Pratt & Whitney engines are awesome i mean you know forty thousand pounds of thrust you definitely hear it and feel it all the time yeah that's kind of cool news um again i'll i think i said it last podcast but it's mm -hmm. it's really cool having it be so close to home just seeing hill air force base thrive you know just knowing that you know it's going to service those and the news about the b21s it's going to be involved in that so so that's cool just sort of a close to home type thing well and speaking of close to home for me so uh uh my girlfriend jesse and i were down in vegas uh last week uh we went down saw a pretty cool concert we got to see 30 seconds to mars and robert delong careful uh bishop briggs don't take that road don't take what road (laughs) The fork That's in the fork road. In the I'm road getting road right to it. Now you're taking. Jesus, you guys. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Just kidding. Actually, you can talk about the space program with 30 seconds to Mars. It takes about <laughs> right. seven or eight months, yeah. actually. But um, <laughs> no. So <clears throat> as we were driving into Vegas, we got to see three of the Thunderbirds flying. So oh, I'm cool. I'm guessing they just come from the test range or the test and training range by Nellis. They had their smoke on. They did a couple of. Uh, um that's cool yeah they were in the pattern landing at hill and and uh and then we also saw 
Um, an F-22 and an F-35 flying in formation, which I thought was kind of weird. Very nice. Yeah, yeah that's cool. They're pretty sweet. That's awesome. Training together. Exactly. And then on the way back out, we saw the Thunderbirds flying around again, but it was only a two-ship formation. So, uh, mm, cool. So that's kind of my... I mean, even though I live in Utah, I live in southern Utah, and I'm only about an hour and a half north of Vegas, so uh, I get to see a lot of stuff that's going on at Nellis uh, here and there. So, anyway. Which is sense. awesome. Nellis always has kick-ass stuff going on. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, let's see. So, there, there's a couple other things, too, uh, that we could we can go over. Um, and some of these things we posted on... Uh, our Instagram as well at ramp check global um, little bit of uh, B 21 Raider news. You guys know what the B 21 is. Those of you that don't that listen to this um, it's the U S air force newest bomber. It's still very classified. Uh, there's not a lot of details about the aircraft yet, but um, it is um, being heavily developed as we speak. Um, um, on November 30th, actually, Northrop Grumman, who is the uh, contractor developer of the B-21, which is, it's probably going to be a very similar aircraft to the B-2 Spirit um, mm-hmm. in shape and design <clears throat> and performance uh, with all the latest and greatest technology, obviously. <clears throat> um, but uh, on November 30th, the Air Force and Northrop Grumman, they uh, completed a critical design review. Um, Wasn't to me, the program on uh, and it pretty much transitions uh, from the design phase into a robust manufacturing phase, which will produce the first B twenty one test aircraft. So, so when you know when will that be completed? Highly anticipated. That's going to be so awesome. Did they give yeah. a date on like the completion no, of the first one? No. On these classified programs like this, they they rarely give a date. Uh, this far out um they don't really want people to know how far along they are or you know how close whatever they'll usually announce like a rollout date or something close to rolling out didn't we pretty much find out about the f-117 nighthawk when it appeared over afghanistan or iraq well well no actually well what's funny is the F-117 actually didn't ever have, like, an official public rollout. I mean, That's it what I might mean. have, but not like other aircraft because the F-117 was flying all through the 80s, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even acknowledged in existence until um, it actually flew missions um, Desert over Storm, Panama. Right? Oh, it Panama. Panama. That's right. That's right. Actually. Um that was the first time it was used in combat, at least that it was acknowledged that it was used in combat. Well, I could just um, see the next global conflict coming up here over the next several years and and news reports of the B-21 uh, flying missions yeah. over. Oh, by the way, it's operational now. <laughs> well, you know, the Air Force actually has announced that it will be a full training uh, program uh, and test test and training program. Well, mm-hmm. maybe I shouldn't say training, but test program for sure at Edwards. So we're going to see the B-21 do a lot at Edwards Air Force Base. Um, I'm not sure that they're going to do some clandestine testing like it, you know, out in Tonopah or, you know, Area 51. I mean, all these secret places. <laughs> but <laughs> um, 
it's probably going to be more of a conventional rollout and test program. Yeah. Um, just because it is highly anticipated and, you know, there's a lot of money into it. And, um, but who knows, <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, that's pretty awesome. There's probably programs that are being worked on and flown on right now that it's just it's like way over our heads. Like, Holy shit is that? But anyway, can you guys hear me? See. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're just it we're was just... cutting. Sorry, my earphones were cutting out. Oh, gotcha. No, we were just listening, and you know, being down here in St. George, uh, we're probably oh less than a hundred miles from uh, like the Nevada Test and Training Range, and uh, I was going to say Roswell. I don't mean Roswell. <laughs> I mean Area Fifty One and all that stuff. So uh, yeah, <laughs> no, but. You know, there might be a time when we're going to see something in the sky and be like, what the hell is that? I know. I Seriously. So. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. So, yeah, pretty excited for the B-21 program. Definitely. To see those things. Yeah. Some of the stuff coming down the pike is pretty damn I, cool. I know. I know. Yeah, it was kind of cool. like, hey, Aaron, do you remember that time we were in San Diego and... I mean, I know this isn't aviation, but um, remember when that big, like, battleship small boat was cruising around in the harbor? And we oh, didn't yeah. know it was, what it was. It was, was and stealth it was, ship. I, yeah, it was some, like, top secret stealth ship. Yeah. It was pretty badass. And it was cool to see that and just have never seen that before and just be like, what the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I can't. I'd have to look it up what it was again, but I, I want to say it was called like the stiletto or something. Yeah, you found it because you sent a picture of it to me, like yeah, in an article or yeah, something. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to I'll have to look that up again and see what program that was. But it was yeah, when, it was like a test and evaluation program for like the stealthy. Yeah, it was it, pretty cool. Well, uh, weren't we on the midway you know, when we saw it? I, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, we were in tour, San Diego. Touring midway, midway up there. Yep. this ship cruising around the harbor I don't, it wasn't huge but it wasn't it wasn't small it's was kind of in between mm-hmm. but it was cruising around and it yeah it just looked badass yeah you know, it looked like, it like left almost no weight but yeah. it had this really weird like um i don't even know what you call it you know when the propulsion system like churns up the water a certain way I, the caterpillar I mean, drive give me a pain yeah, but but anyway, it left a really distinct pattern in the water as it went by. So it was obviously a newer propulsion, you know, that they were working on. But anyway, that was cool. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, speaking of the Navy and, and ships, uh, one other piece of news that, that I want to bring up uh, that was really cool is uh, the First Lady Melania Trump uh, toured the um, USS George H.W. Bush recently, and she is posting photos of her tour and her flight um, on a V-22 Osprey out to the ship, which was really cool. It's like, I think Melania is like a kick-ass first lady. She's really cool. She's always like, you know, always supporting the military, um, you know, calling out the aviation crews, how cool they are and, just mm-hmm. you know how professional um but if you guys haven't seen that you should go to her instagram it's um it's just at flotus at f-l-o-t-u-s 
and go look at those. It's pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. So I, I haven't seen any of the pictures yet, but uh, did she any of her selfies include duck lips? <laughs> no, but it's probably that, that's just probably how she is. <laughs> but yeah, she's she's pretty cool on the on the deck there and flying in the in the F F twenty two the V twenty two. She also toured an Air Force base where uh, they they um, they actually were showing her an F twenty two and some things. So anyway, just some cool stuff that that she's doing with the military. Um, that's uh, that's pretty cool to watch. Yeah, um, I, I I love agree. seeing that. It's it's nice having a White House that supports the military again. That's all I'm going to say. It is. It, and, it it really honestly is, and and actively supporting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not like Obama was like <laughs> screw the military, but you could just tell that the pride wasn't there as it is now with this current administration, and uh, that's what's cool about it. Yep, yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of administration, as far as news goes, obviously, you know, it's been. Kind of an emotional couple of weeks to be an American, you know, losing a president and then um, remembering Pearl yeah. Harbor, all those yeah. kind of things. I just, um, you know, when you relive those things and you see this stuff about Pearl Harbor all over social media and you click on it, you realize it just deep down makes you feel a little emotional what yeah. people might have gone through at that time. But Yeah, and if you haven't... Yeah. If you haven't been to Honolulu and uh, went over and toured the naval base over there and, you know, see the USS Arizona and where all of that went down in Pearl Harbor, uh, definitely do it. If it's if it's even just once in a lifetime, get over there and do it. It just gives you there's such a it's like hallowed ground it's it's a really eerie kind of feeling even though there's a million tourists usually there it's uh it's something you should definitely do and when when we mean pearl harbor we mean the actual (laughs) the actual event in history not uh not the michael bay movie (laughs) yeah yeah. exactly But, definitely uh, yeah. and 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 you know it, ryan you know mentions that and um we also uh the united states military actually had a tragedy this past week where That's they right. lost a kc-130 and an f-18 uh aircraft just just off of the coast of japan and uh a, the, the military hasn't really released exactly what happened but if an f-18 and a KC-130 went down together. It's most likely a mid-air collision, some kind of a, a disaster. A mid-air refueling it, accident. It claimed something. five yeah. uh, Marines, I believe. I, wow. I believe there were five Marines that were killed and, and both aircraft. And they weren't able to recover all the bodies because they still have not been able to find the, the, the KC-130 aircraft. Mm-hmm. Um, but... So anyway, that's that's pretty sad, but yeah, oh that man, that would be so awful having that happen. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll have to report on that next podcast when they put out a little more information on it. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about before we move on to uh, the other items, um, did you guys see that video of that Russian reporter in Venezuela 
off the side of the runway when a, <laughs> yeah, when a T-160 blackjack lands. Did you see that? That was crazy. That was... <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine? Oh, yeah. We posted a picture of a screenshot of it on our Instagram, but if you actually go to the Russian news agency's uh, Instagram feed, they actually post the video. Mm -hmm. Um, Their Instagram feed is at RT, at Romeo Tango. And I'll actually play the clip because it is funny. I mean, this lady, I don't even know if she's ever covered aircraft or aviation before, but she like (laughs) runs out to the side of the runway and almost gets decapitated, it seems. I mean, I know the T-160 is really high off the ground, the wing, you know? So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure that wouldn't have happened, but oh my God, so funny. I'm going to play it. 60 strategic nuclear capable bombers has just landed here in the river. Wow, spectacular. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's so like funny. I watched that and I was like, holy shit, how did she not just shit her panties? God. I guess she could have. <laughs> well, yeah, I, the clip wasn't that long, so. <laughs> yeah, I know. All I gotta say is I'm a bit jealous and probably a bit like, holy shit, I can't believe he did that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, that's pretty fun. I'm sure uh, Pootie Putin probably instructed her to do that. Ass, I guess. Because <laughs> had he been there, he probably would have had his shirt off, and he's out on the side of the runway tanning, and you know, God knows what else. Taking a selfie with duck lips and a vodka. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. Putin. I know. Good old Pootie Putin, man. Oh God. <laughs> Speaking of social media, I'm kind of browsing our instagram page right now and mm-hmm. uh you know there's a lot of people giving us shout outs on instagram that's i that's know pretty I awesome know. It is re- so it is there's really this cool. uh sir dot maxim underscore pilot seven uh he Say mentioned us fast. Oh, in sorry. a in a post um <laughs> And uh, there was somebody else here that uh, mentioned us as well. Oh, uh, uh, underscore tech underscore maniac underscore uh, mentioned us in his F-35 Madness comment. I actually gave his credit for the photo. That was pretty cool. Um, And our good buddy. What's that? That was that video that we posted of the F-35s all taxiing uh, for departure. Yep, and, and it's good to see our buddy Baker Rocky Lee back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> liking and blessing our posts. That's God great. Thank you very bless. much for that. <laughs> God That's bless. right. <laughs> I'm doing a cross in the air right now. God That's bless. awesome. Um, and uh, so you also, you put a post out earlier this week uh, and we're going to talk about our, our clothing line that's coming out here a little bit further. But uh, you put a photo up of one of our T-shirts that's got the airplane and aircraft debate on a T-shirt, which is really cool. I think this is going to be my first one that I get uh, from yeah. our RCG yeah. ramp swag. Remember that. Um, and uh, you, there's a debate going on that's pretty awesome. So Nate underscore Barton, one of our most faithful listeners... He's also my girlfriend's nephew. Hey, Nate, what up, dude? Um, He says, airplane, 
Aircraft encompasses helicopters, VTOLs, and other crafts of the air. Airplane wow. is just for fixed-wing aircraft. I wonder if that okay. was like in the... I, right? I'm wondering if that was like in the uh, private pilot manual or something. That's, uh, yeah, I know. He's, that's he's pretty like, cool. oh, I'm going to answer this with the FARs right now. Yeah, I don't, know if, <laughs> I don't know if we can fit all that on a t-shirt. Sorry. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what we should do? I just got an idea for a t-shirt and just put FARs and big capital letters on the front and then just put gibberish all over the front and back of the t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I know. What do you think? I know. Um, and then we had aviator underscore mode say, I can't decide that I like this photo because of composition or place, but it is really good. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that guy was just being I don't know if I or... understand the composition of the comment. I, exactly. Yeah. Thank, it's, it is a good comment, though. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I mean, yeah, it was just the photo that we posted of the T-shirt, and then there's a debate going on. You're just saying a debate. Um, is it an aircraft or an airplane? Hey, but there's an emoji <laughs> with heart eyes, so that's a good sign. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I guess. And the peace that's sign. Funny. So, aviator slash mode, uh, if you're listening, we're not throwing you under the bus. We're just giving you a little bit of shit. But if you wouldn't mind commenting a little bit and letting us know what you mean by that. Because yeah. we're actually, totally cool with smart asses. That's totally I, fine. I think the composition I oh, think that. the composition of the photo is pretty good myself now that I look at it. I was... Smart ass is right up our alley. So. It is. And we're going to get along just fine if that's where you were coming from. So, um, should we talk really quick about the merch since we just brought it up? Yeah, might as well. Go ahead, brother. Take, All us, right. take us there. Okay. There. Unless the you were waiting. Did I just take the wind out of your sails? No. No, I'm excited. Go. Did I burst your bubble? Did I pop? Oh, never mind. Um... So, for those of you faithful listeners out there, and uh, if you're wondering if you could get, like, one of our famous BSOB hats or uh, some of our very cool logo merchandise, if you're listening right now, go to rampcheckglobal.com. That's our website. Uh, and uh, click on the link, Ramp Swag. And uh, that's yeah. uh, basically our first line of merchandise right there. You can buy the BSOB hat. You can... Buy some basic gear with uh, with just our logo on it. We've got a lot more coming, by the way. Yeah, yeah there's I mean, some cool stuff on. Yeah, all I was going to say is when you said preliminary, meaning this is just kind of our, our first line we're throwing out there, but there's going to be many to come, uh, a lot of cool stuff, a lot of funny stuff, um, and it's just going to keep growing and growing. And right. And then, obviously, besides the ramp swag, we're going to have some products that we're going to start selling as well. So go on, check it out. And and this is just for you, Lisa. We have a Type 1 and Type 4 de-icing hoodie. She had mentioned that she thought it had to do with diabetes, but if you look at it, the Type 1 is the color of the Type 1 fluid, and the Type 4 is the color of... The type the four type fluid. Four fl- so, <laughs> no. so Lisa, I know you're very, you know, pro help diabetes kind of thing. So, hey, if you want to get a hoodie for that, that's fine too. You can use it for both. Well, we could customize yeah. one. We could do type one, type two, and have like a syringe or a test strip <laughs> in between the two. It's okay. Yeah, we love you, a, sis. A syringe or a pill. Shit. 
<laughs> yeah. If right. you type one, you're the syringe. The syringe side. If you type, type two, two, you're the pill. Yeah, right. uh, that's funny. <laughs> so, so yeah, so yeah, I I actually like that that DI hoodie. It's pretty cool because it, it it kind of you know only pilots and deicers will get it, and yeah. that's what I love about it. Well, yeah. hey, we want FBOs to buy these for their deice crews. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, well, cool. well, yeah, awesome. and this is. This is high quality materials, and this is stuff that we want you to be able to wear every day when you're out and about, but you can wear it while you're at work. We've got a Ramp Swag uh, beanie yep. Um, yep. That, uh, that looks pretty warm, as all beanies should be. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, long sleeve tees, we've got hoodies. Uh, check it out, rampcheckglobal.com, and uh, click on the Ramp Swag uh, yeah. link. Yeah, and, and you can go direct to rampcheckglobal.com slash rampswag. Mm-hmm. I'll take you right there. As well. And and when you buy some of that merch, hey, take a picture with wearing your ramp swag and uh, put it on our Instagram page or, or post it and uh, just make sure you tag us, rampcheckglobal, hashtag rampcheckglobal, uh, or uh, the hashtag rcgrampswag. And uh, uh, another yeah. meaningful purpose of those hashtags is uh should we should we give some stuff away yeah let's do it let's start to get it out there why not our first official giveaway so uh what we're gonna do is uh as we mentioned this podcast is on it's on google podcasts we're on soundcloud we're also on apple podcasts do us a solid Go on Ample Podcasts, make sure you subscribe, share it with your friends, and then give us a five-star rating and write a review. Just make sure mm-hmm. the review includes the hashtag RampCheckGlobal and the hashtag RCGRampSwag. And, uh, exactly. And, and then that way we'll know that you got that, um, got that info from this podcast. Right. For the free giveaway. And we'll give you a choice of either a Ramp Check t-shirt or a Ramp Check hat. And and we'll pick the winner. Uh, We'll contact you. We'll DM you on Instagram uh, and uh, let you know that you are the winner so we can get your stuff. And then we'll announce that winner on the next podcast. So, um, yeah. Yep. Sounds awesome. And so, make yeah, sure go when there. you're and, and make sure when you're commenting on our Instagram posts, uh, make sure you're using the hashtag RCG Ramp Swag. And who knows, maybe at random, if we're just feeling generous, we might throw something your way as well. That's right. Such a promoter, Tony. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, I, like you've done it before. I, I've done it a couple there of you times. Go. I've given away cars and concert tickets and airplane tickets on the radio before. You should play. Yeah, I should perfect. play some of my old stuff on here. It's pretty funny. Um, so cool. next segment, brothers, I'm going to let you guys take over since I'm the one that gets to be interviewed. Uh, hang on a second. I'm going to dim the lights. I'm going to go grab a pipe. I'm going to put on my. Oh my uh, god! Here we go. <laughs> here we go. There goes the first two and a half hour ramp check. <laughs> no, no, no. We won't do that. Um, all right. But anyway, yeah, so you're the oldest brother. Uh, Ryan, do you have something to say right out of the gate for Tony, or do you want me to start? Or um, I I was just going to ask, or I was just going to say that, you know, a lot of what Tony did was kind of a precursor for us working in the aviation industry. Right. Um, you <laughs> know, because I can remember when he was working in Salt Lake City, 
uh, you know, taking us out to a hangar that had a lot of uh, air show aircraft that were heading to an air show that we were going to later on in the week. And, you know, that, that was the majestic kind of hangar, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. It was it was right before the Wendover um, air races and air show that happened uh, two years in a row, 88 and 89, actually, were the, those two years. But, but anyway, so just like kind of how me and uh, Ryan did, Tony, why don't you just kind of go through again, um, you know, what got you into aviation, what got you into working aviation and just kind of some experience and then we'll just go okay. from there. Well, I, I want to start things off by saying, um, just apologizing to our parents that uh, I didn't quite set the example, um, maybe that they'd preferred that I would have set for you <laughs> way back when. <laughs> well, when it came to aviation, it was... When it came to aviation, yes. When it came to religion and following the rules, not so much. <laughs> Um, That's okay. We had Lisa to babysit when you didn't want to. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so kind of like with you guys, my interest in aviation started way back when, uh, and this was even before you two were even born. Uh, Dad would take Lisa, our sister, and I out to the airport, and we'd watch the planes take off and land. Um, I remembered doing this at Phoenix Sky Harbor Airport before they even had like the big parking structures there. Uh, yeah, we would go cool. out to the observation deck. And I remember that, the, I mean, I remember seeing all the planes take off back then. I mean, 737s, 727s, DC-9s, DC-8s. Uh, but the plane that stands out most to me was American Airlines used to fly uh, one of their Boeing 747 SPs in and out of oh, uh, Sky awesome. Harbor. And that was just one of the coolest things ever. I just always loved seeing that airplane. I have no idea where it was going or coming from. Um, but back then, I mean, we're talking, you know, we're talking early 70s. Um, but I don't know if well, you guys know this. Well, that was probably a really What's that? long flight then. That was probably a really long <laughs> flight well, Phoenix what I was going to say, the SP was the longest range airliner of the time. Right, but yeah. the thing is, is is these airlines were using these these jumbos, these heavies, for like like these shorter haul flights. You know, they economics really, you know, as far as like fuel efficiency and squeezing the most, you know, yeah, um, yeah. per you know cost or whatever out of the passenger seat mile, whatever the formula is these days. So yeah. a lot of these jumbos were being used for like transcontinental flights or shorter flights. So I don't know, you know, maybe it went to Hawaii um, from there. But I just I just remember seeing it and that was really cool when I was younger. I, I think I mentioned on the last podcast that um, uh, mom and dad took us out to Salt Lake International when the Concorde was making its stop, you know, at all the different mm -hmm. airports in the United States. And yeah, that's um, cool. you know, so that was probably it. And then of course we saw all the airport movies, um, you know, airport, airport 75, airport 77, airport 79. So I was hooked on watching those. And, um, I just remember, you know, seeing Top Gun <laughs> too many times. So funny. When well, I was a high school senior. I, yeah. It did. It really did. I decided, you know what, damn it, I'm going in the Air Force. And for those oh, of you that didn't cool. hear the other podcast, 
I know only it's because not you couldn't the Navy. join the Air Force because you couldn't swim that well. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. You mean the Navy? <laughs> I didn't yeah. join the Navy because yeah, I, I I'm not a swimmer. I got more <laughs> lead in my ass when I get in the water than anything. So, um, so I joined the Air Force. Uh, did that for a few years, then I transferred over to the Utah Air National Guard. And during that time, I was with the Guard. I started working at Majestic Air Service on the ramp. I think that was my first, um, like, commercial or private aviation. Ryan's over here yawning. He just made me yawn. Damn it, brother. <laughs> God, I tried yeah. to be discreet about it, and then Tony's just like, hey, Ryan scratched his nuts, guys. God. <laughs> Well, it's a good thing you guys can't see me. <laughs> oh, yeah, gross. Right. I was just sitting back listening. I know. Um, well, you so dim the was, lights and put that robe on, so, so everything's kind of right. You just kind of relaxed now. and chill. Um, <laughs> so I had a lot of great experiences at, at uh, Majestic Air. Uh, got to refuel all kinds of different aircraft. I think the craziest one I ever did was uh, I did get to refuel a guppy. Um, That's cool. And actually, it was a super guppy. I never got to do that. And so cool. those things, that, that thing ran on Avgas. Um, oh yeah, the one that I did. It was an yes. Avgas one. It was one of the old Avgas because yes. the. It was the not the turboprop. It was Holy Avgas. Holy crap, yeah. that's one of the old original ones, yep, not exactly. the turboprop one. And, uh, and then I also got to refuel uh, Sky Crane. That's cool. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. That was yep. pretty neat. Uh, one of the craziest was uh, hot fuel in, um, oh my gosh. Uh, oh, it was an AirMed Bell 222. Uh, oh, I remember those. Those are sweet. Yep. Did yeah. a hot fuel in one of those. Um, and I uh, got to fly on the uh, uh, one of the Majestic uh, DC-3s. Uh, that was when we all it's... went out to the Wendover Air Show. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And uh, I'm out there marshalling in my muscle tee and my salmon shorts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> working the air show. You put one of those pictures up, right? Oh yeah, yeah on I our did. Instagram. That uh, was Instagram. from that was from uh, from that trip, and then from there, I I kind of went back and forth into uh, broadcasting. But after that, I got my very first actual airline job, uh, working for Morris Air, which later um, merged with Southwest Airlines. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I I remember though having flight benefits for the very first time on my day off. I would just get on the plane and just fly because I could. I didn't care where I was going. Well, yeah, there there was a flight where I remember we went up to Seattle on mm-hmm. a Morris Air 737. Remember? And yeah, we went to we went and had uh, clam chowder at that that restaurant slash bar that they filmed those scenes in Sleepless, in, Sleepless Seattle. in Seattle. Remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. doing that. And, I don't. Uh, I guess I wasn't invited. You went on. Oh, uh, you were pro- you're still in preschool. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> well, and I think, uh, Aaron, it was you and me and uh, and my kids, Janessa and Anthony, right? Yeah, and I, I think even our dad went one time. Yeah, and dad went with us, and I remember we took the kids on the merry-go-round that was down well, there. Well, that, and... that was when Seattle, um, 
we actually we were trying to go to uh, one of the Boeing fields or you know one, either the museum or you know oh, we weren't yes. able to mm-hmm. remember that but but we drove by it and that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, those are uh, those are fun times. But yeah, I would just and and I was single at the time, so if I had a hot date, I'd fly up to Seattle and get some fresh seafood and bring it back. Yeah, it didn't really work. Oh, I, but, um, I, I, I thought you said you were single. You, you went to that strip club that had that sign that said, 50 beautiful women and one ugly one. You remember that? <laughs> remember, remember that in Seattle? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yes. That was a billboard right off the highway. Oh, that was that's so funny. I remember that. That's too damn funny. Um <laughs> But if you if you haven't worked in the industry before and you you want free flights, um, I know that the flight benefits nowadays aren't as good as they were ba- way back when. Uh, and again, remember this was post nine or pre nine eleven too. Pre, so, yeah, all pre nine eleven. Yeah. So I mean, we lot, were using like lenient. paper coupons, and you know, I could get on the aircraft. I mean, it was still secure. I had to go through the secure area as a passenger and everything. But I remember following one of our planes or sitting on one of our planes, leaving from Salt Lake City and making like three or four stops and then ending up back in Salt Lake that night. And I'm getting to know the crew because I'm on there. And Yeah, that's cool. They must think I'm the big biggest aviation nerd ever, though, because they're like, well, so are you going to get off? No, I'm just going to fly all the way back to Salt Lake. Why? Well, I think they figured that out when you went overboard and asked them to sign your bare chest. You know, that that always gives it away. What the? The pilot. Oh, Lord. Um, Go. So anyway, uh, that those were some great experiences. And then, of course, moving over in with Southwest Airlines was pretty cool. I mean, I've got, I've got two full pages, guys. I've got, let me count here. One, two... Three, four, five, six. Oh my God! What? <clears throat> Let's see. So seven. Um. So why don't you eight? Hold on. Shut up. Just nine, ten. I I worked for like I had like 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 twelve jobs in and out of the aviation industry. <laughs> oh my God! So so here's a legit question for yes. somebody that hasn't worked in aviation or somebody that's currently in aviation Mm -hmm. why so many different companies why so many changes what what was it about for you that 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 happened so what i'm i'm kind of looking at some of this stuff here and i just think different opportunities um you know i I know i know one of them the airline went under i know right uh, at right. least one of them that was vanguard right yes and that was a that was a horrible experience that that was about three <laughs> yeah. months of my life i'm never going to get back um yeah. and but it was a startup and uh it was one of those things where somebody knew somebody that knew me and thought i would be a perfect fit for this and and so yeah. i was hired on to do this specific role, but I had to train it first and somebody's feathers got ruffled and set me up for failure. And, you know, it was just anyway, one of those things. And then I got out of the industry for a while. I was, I was, I was done. I got back into, uh, uh, broadcasting, DJing, things like that. And then, 
the thing about aviation though is once it's in your blood you can't get it out that that itch is always always there and so um after a little break i went to work for an fbo in oklahoma city um that was uh aar aircraft services i have to say that was my favorite ramp job out of all of them that I ever did because I I was primarily a fueler, but just the range of aircraft. I mean, I I serviced everything from, you know, a Cessna 152 to a a T-37 to 727s to getting to see the, the Federal Air Marshal plane and get to see the prisoners hobble along in their little chain game (laughs) off and on the aircraft. Um, with, with yeah, with the M sixteen guards standing by, like exactly, you know, one at one at the nose, the tail, and each mm-hmm. wing tip. Oh Crazy. yeah, and, and then and then all the way up to like um, a surprise Boeing triple seven from American Airlines because Dallas Fort Worth shut down again because of thunderstorms. Yeah, you. you- you told us that story on another podcast. That's crazy. Yeah, and you'll have to go back and revisit that. I'm not going to tell that story again, but it's probably not the best example of uh, safety when fueling an aircraft. Um, and I just I mean standing on top of the cab of the truck on top of a ladder on the very top rung. So, um, yeah. but uh, and then some I, of those experiences when we were growing up, you know, working the ramp are probably some of the reasons why. There's so many safety regulations. Right, exactly. And and thank God, you know, I didn't get hurt or cause anybody else to get hurt. And the same thing with you guys. You know, thank God none of my coworkers got hurt. Um, But yeah, yeah, when when you look back, you know, safety procedures are, well, they're constantly evolving even today. Um, You know, and that's just, that's just the way it is. Uh, Work for a few different Um, areas. Oh, go ahead, brother. No, I was just saying the duty uh, in some of those circumstances where there might not be certain regulations, you know, set up or right. Yeah, you know, I mean, because I mean, this is a while ago. I mean, we got to think like aviation just turned a hundred, right? Right. Like, like ten years ago or something like that, or mm-hmm. you know, because the Wright Flyer was like what nineteen oh three. Am I right on that? I should be that right on that because if I'm not, that. I'm an idiot. But that sounds about but, right. Uh, I'd have to. I'd have to know, look it I mean, up to be sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we were first working in the industry, aviation wasn't even a hundred years old yet. Well, that's what's crazy. Well, I'm looking back at my first airline job, and it was like 1991. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. And, you know, and I mean, I know aviation goes. I know it goes further back than that. You know, there's balloons and gliders and all that. But I'm right. talking about like, you know, powered flight, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well, when I when considered I, as modern aviation. When I joined the military, it was 1987. Yeah, that's crazy. Give you an idea of how long ago that was. So, um, I and of course, my, my favorite job in the aviation industry uh, was probably with SkyWest Airlines. I was with them the longest. Um, I was with SkyWest yeah, as a yeah. dispatcher for about 10 years. Um, started yeah. off actually on the ramp, um, yeah. but uh, but actually went and got my dispatch license and uh, actually got my dispatch license 
worked for SkyWest on the ramp for about two months, and then actually when they had a dispatch position open up, I transferred I, in. Yeah, transferred out into uh, dispatch. But um, dispatch was crazy. And for those of you out there that are thinking about a job in the aviation business, I think the best place to start is probably working on the ramp. Work the ramp, yeah. be around the aircraft, know how to service them, know how to fuel them. And then if you if you aspire to something different within the industry, you'll have that kind of that that ground level, you know, in the trenches type of perspective of working. Right. It just makes you a better employee altogether. Very yeah, very true. Because when you work the ramp, you actually touch a little bit of everything in the aviation industry. I mean you're you know, you're doing the ramp work, you're talking over the radio. So if you love doing that, you could be mm -hmm. an air traffic controller, you could be a dispatcher. Um, you know, you're, you're mingling with pilots, you're talking to pilots, um, you know, you're using fuel panels. You're, you, I mean, mm -hmm. you really do get a feel if, right. you know, you're, you're someone young, especially you know, you know, if you're, yeah, if you're, absolutely. that's great advice. If you're working on the ramp for an airline, you probably won't get as much customer interaction, but you still, you're working in a super busy environment. You need to pay attention yeah. to detail, to safety. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and your primary job is to get that aircraft launched safely and on time. Um, and then if you're working on the FBO side of things, you have a little bit more customer interaction, obviously, because it's mm -hmm. all private yeah. aviation. Yeah. Um, right. But uh, I would say for the first, work the ramp. And if you're not going to be a pilot, dispatching is a great job. Uh, you know, the funniest thing, though, is when I told people I was an aircraft dispatcher, they're like, oh, I bet that's a stressful job. And <laughs> I didn't say I was an air traffic <laughs> controller, um, yeah. an aircraft dispatcher. It's just funny how people, you know, they're yeah, still they are just the general <laughs> public. And I don't mean this in a bad way. It's just the general public is so ignorant when it comes to aviation. So, yes, being it's a dispatcher so can get stressful at times, but it's a totally different. You're not directing the aircraft in the air. Um, you know, right, dispatching right. is more pre-flight planning, uh, flight following, uh, and definitely playing, <clears throat> paying attention to detail and you're, you're coordinating all these different things. It's basically, I, I dispatching and, and like being a regional controller for an airline is like, is like having to put together a four dimensional puzzle. Um, mm -hmm. when you finally get like maybe 10 pieces together and then somebody smashes it, then you have to start putting it back together again, <laughs> oh, over and over and so, over again. So give us, give us a quick story about, uh, a time you were working dispatch mm -hmm. when the shift was over, you were like, holy shit. I just felt like I ran a marathon. Well, that would be every Wednesday before Thanksgiving and the week of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just because of the sheer amount of flights that would have to go, that would have to leave? And yeah. Come back? When you're, I mean, was it just... Well, was when, it? You're, when you're dispatching for an airline, I mean, on-time performance, uh, let me backtrack, safety, on-time performance... You know, making sure the passengers get to where they need to be, 
you know, all that stuff comes into play. But when you're dispatching for a regional airline, you've got all that pressure, but you've also got all the pressure too that we need to meet these goals so our partner will give us this bonus or we keep yeah. flying for them and this and that. But, uh, you know, one thing unique about working for a regional airline is, you know, not all regional airlines just fly for one airline. So when I was at SkyWest Airline, we were flying for five different partners at one time. And oh, so, so one day I might be working the Delta Jets out of Salt Lake City. The next day I might be working the United Turboprops out of Los Angeles, you know, or San Francisco, mm -hmm. or I might be working our United Hub out of Chicago. Or, I mean, it was just, it was, it was a different job almost every single day. And yeah. it's funny because you would always look forward to working the Southern California desk because that's when all the best weather was, you know, and so you wouldn't have to deal <laughs> yeah. with that. But yeah. I would say the two hardest hubs and the hardest days I ever had was when I was either working Chicago when there would be a snowstorm and there's so many flights we had to manage that the shit would hit the fan and you were just doing everything you could to to hold the operation together let alone trying to keep it together or when it would just went all to hell put it back together and what i mean is let's say that chicago has a really bad thunderstorm or um a uh, like a snowstorm I mean, just the sheer magnitude of flights from all the airlines, the air traffic control system, they have to slow that down because they can't have all these airplanes coming in at once. So they have what's called mm -hmm. an arrival rate. On a clear day, a good arrival rate for Chicago might be over 100 aircraft. And that's how like 100 aircraft per hour, you know, landing on so many different runways. And I remember, I think on the worst weather day that I had ever experienced in Chicago, their arrival rate went down to like 12. Wow. Oh, wow. And it might have even been single digits. And so we've got all these airplanes that launched and they're in route. And granted, the regional airlines, a lot of them are shorter distances. But we did have, you know, the CRJ 700s that had a much longer range. <clears throat> so we would have flights that would en route and then all of a sudden the airport would shut down or they would implement a delay program. So you've got aircraft that are, you know, they're low on gas because they were planned maybe for the bad weather, but they weren't planned for, you know, ATC just throwing a total wrench in the gears. So yeah. you've got aircraft that are diverting to different cities. Um, yeah. Or that are holding and getting low on fuel and about to divert. Well, then when they do divert, you know, you've got to figure out, you know, how you're going to get them fuel, how long there's going to be a delay program. You're on the phone with air traffic control or on their computer or excuse me, on their website trying to get a time for your flight to launch. In the meantime, you don't want the customers to be sitting on the aircraft for hours, you know, being yeah. stranded and... And in the meantime, as well, the clock is also ticking for your flight crew um, because a flight crew can only legally fly so many hours in a day. And I mean, you've got and then and then that doesn't even take into account like the local weather conditions or if a mechanical issue happens on the aircraft. 
So yeah, there's just so much. I mean, I think oh my for God, the general yeah. public and for people listening to this and you know, aviation, there's so much involvement from so many different people and, and so much goes you, on behind the scenes. Yeah, there's so much. And so, um, you know, we should all be proud of the system that we do have. I mean, whether it's civilian or military. Oh, I thought you were going to so say There's so much me. that goes on. <laughs> what? I said what? I thought you were going to say me. <laughs> well, you were so proud no, of me. I mean, it, well, I mean, yeah, you can say that, you know, uh, just because, you know, you're, you're part of that well-oiled machine, you know, that, you know, if what? everybody does what they're supposed to yeah. do. Usually when a breakdown happens, it's usually because somebody's like not doing it right. <laughs> well, yeah. I you mean, know? <laughs> and, and we do run into that. You run into that in any field. Yeah, anything, you know, professional anything. field, you yeah, know. But sure. um but for the well, most dang, part Yeah. it just it sounds like, exhausting, doesn't it? Just what I'm describing. <laughs> and yeah. it's just crazy some of the stuff that goes on and you get these people that complain <laughs> about you know well if they would just fix their airplanes you know or they <laughs> know. get I they get on my rant again right I don't think so or they get pissed off because they didn't make it to their destination because the weather was bad um, yeah they just have no no idea but anyway sorry to get back into that was <laughs> probably my favorite job was dispatching at skywest it was it was yeah. fun it was challenging um, I got to go to many different places. Part of the job requirement, like I said before, when I was quoting, quoting the FARS was, as I had to like jump seat in the, in the flight deck cockpit, whatever you want to call it, you know, so many hours a year. And that gave me a totally great perspective. But if you're looking for a, a career in aviation, you're not sure if you, want to or can be a pilot whether it's you know a medical limitation a financial limitation whatever dispatching is a great uh a great job to do for an airline and dispatching for a regional is a great springboard to get on you know with uh with with a major major airline but i've been you know all over the place uh yeah So so you you mentioned um you know the flying having the jump seat and all that mm -hmm. what why don't you talk a little bit about some of the cool experiences that that you had yeah, on flying, you know, in question. different aircraft, right, Aaron, any so. type of jump seat experience? Well, uh, you know, you were in the Air Force. I know you've mentioned in the past that you know you've flown like in a C five Galaxy, and, mm-hmm. you know, just some stuff like that. Go through C5, that. C five, C one forty one, C one thirty. I remember flying down to the Dominican Republic for a um, for a drug interdiction mission. We worked in a radar unit uh, in my guard unit and um, stringing up a hammock uh, inside the C-130 and just having the engines just lull you to sleep. Uh, that's oh, that's so cool. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's um, so cool. But uh, one of my jump seat experiences, oh, and, and, you know, getting to go up on refueling missions and different things like that, that was, that was a lot of fun. But uh, I remember jump seating, um, and so you had to have so many hours in a turbojet or a turboprop. I should say a prop or a jet. You had to have, like, five hours in a prop of observing in the, observing 
in the cockpit, five hours in a jet. So I remember tackling it all in one day. Um, I flew on a jet from, let's see, no, I flew on a prop from St. George up to Salt Lake and then a jet from uh, Salt Lake to San Francisco and then I flew on our Brazilian on so many different legs. Anyway, I was exhausted, but uh, one of the legs I remember, we took off out of, um, we were going from San Francisco to um, Santa Barbara. And I'm up front and I'm observing and it's dusk. So the sun's starting to go down and it just, I mean, because you fly right along the coast, you know, right along the West Coast. And it's just so beautiful to observe up there. But I I remember um, on these aircraft, they've got an instrument that's called the TCAS. Um, and I'm sure you know what that is, Aaron, Ryan. Mm-hmm. The Traffic Collision yep, and Avoidance yep. System. The cor- yeah, Collision Avoidance System. Yep, exactly. Yep. So, um, you know, when you, when you get in and you're ready to jump seat, the pilots give the jump seater a briefing and they're like, okay, so this is kind of your responsibility, what we're, what we're, you know, expecting out of you. You're like our second set of eyes. So we want you, you know, peering out the windows constantly, you know, maybe seeing something that maybe we missed, um, you know, and they showed, you know, and I'm familiar with the systems anyway, because I'm supposed to, as a dispatcher, the, the jump seating is just to more familiarize with the systems and how they're utilized you know, in the different uh, phases of flight. So I remember we're flying from San Francisco down to Santa Barbara and we're kind of, you know, you're, you're flying around 10,000 feet anyway because you're not going to really get up to altitude because it's such a short flight. And mm-hmm. there's all this GA traffic going on because, I mean, on the California coast, there's like a million small airports. They're just everywhere. And yeah. I remember we're oh, maybe about halfway through the flight and we see a blip come up on the TCAS. And the TCAS is going crazy already, but then they can zoom in and kind of filter out, you know, the non-threats or whatever. Well, we see this thing pop up on the TCAS and it looks pretty close. And we're watching it and watching it and we kind of look at each other and we're all like looking through the cockpit. Well, we see this guy... He had just taken off of one of the smaller airports. It might have been San Luis Obispo. Um, mm-hmm. I could be wrong. But tight. What's that? Gesundheit. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, this aircraft gets keeps getting closer and closer. And we can actually see his collision and his, his landing lights or his takeoff lights. And he just keeps getting closer. And finally... They get on the radio to ATC and they're like, hey, uh, do you have traffic, blah, blah, blah. And they're, oh, yes, uh, Skywest so-and-so, traffic, blah, blah, blah. And he was, and this guy passed so close to us. Uh, it was scary. He actually had to make an evasive maneuver to avoid it. I don't know that he was that close to something that may have happened. But um, I just, just could remember. You he, know, ironically, the TCAS system required in, and all these uh, what uh, what FAR rules are scheduled airlines? Is it one thirty nine? Is it one twenty one? One twenty one? Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'm not totally up to speed on my FARs, but one thirty nine anyway, is airport. Um, anyway, there there was that that air disaster over San Diego with that 
727 and the Cessna that collided. Yep. Um, kind of the same circumstance. The Cessna flew out of a smaller airport in the area. The 727 was descending into San Diego and they didn't see each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though air traffic control was talking to each other, you know, like, hey, you have an aircraft, you know, off your right, you know, whatever, blah, 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 you know. And they collided and everybody died. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the air disasters that really pushed the FAA to be like, okay, everybody needs to have a gas mm-hmm. system. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and the pilot had to make the evasive maneuver before ATC even mentioned it to us. And it was just really frustrating. You could tell the pilot was really frustrated because he was like, um, yeah, when were you going to tell us about this? You know, thanks for yeah. nothing. Um, yeah. I swear that guy passed so close that uh, I could see into the cockpit. I mean, it was that oh, close. That's, yeah, that's too wow. close. That yeah, was that's pretty too close. That was pretty you scary. You can see the whites yeah. in their eyes. That's mm-hmm. probably too close. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was probably one of my craziest experiences. Um, you know, I've flown in and out of some pretty crazy airports uh, here in St. George, Utah. Uh, St. George Regional Airport used to be up on a bluff uh, up above downtown St. George and flying in and out of that thing in the summertime was just crazy um, just with all the turbulence. Oh, sure. Uh, you sure, know. that heat rising coming yep. off the cliff. Yeah. It, <laughs> coming you've the seen cliff. some pretty crazy uh, takeoffs and landings and uh, um, but yeah, I mean, wow. I've, I've flown into a lot of really cool airports and uh just all kinds of all kinds of crazy stuff i mean i've flown on most um different type of commercial aircraft i think the largest i've flown on was a 747 um i've uh no you've flown on a c5 well commercial aircraft oh okay yes yeah Uh, yeah, yeah. military of course a c5 I've been inside of the AN-225 Maria down at Mesa Gateway mm-hmm. Airport with you, Aaron. Um, I remember. But all the Boeings, 27, 37, 47, 57, 67, 777. Um, what was the smoothest of the airliners that you ever flew on? I remember the first time I flew on a CRJ-200. I could mm-hmm. not believe how smooth that was. Oh, and getting back to jump seating... Um, mm-hmm. it's so surreal because when you're in the back, you hear the engine spool up and, you know, you can tell that you're getting ready to take off in the cockpit of a regional jet. When you're taking off, it's silent. It is so quiet oh, when you're taking off. And then you just, cool. you, you hear yeah. the wheels accelerating more than anything. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I do remember landing on a 767-400 and a 777 um, being in first class on both of those. And uh, just remember how remarkable the landings and takeoffs were in some of those things. Just because they're so massive. Um, yeah, I know. They are so huge. They are. They're pretty cool. And they're so but, high uh, off the ground. That's that's just crazy yeah you know when you're taxiing and yeah yep yeah definitely Definitely. my least favorite airliner to fly in i think i've already mentioned this was the 757 really yeah that's that's one of my yeah i remember you yeah (laughs) because the seats and maybe it was just the seating configuration and coach but the seats were so tight and just so packed in 
Every time I found out I was flying on a 757, I was just hoping and hoping and hoping for first class. Hmm. Um, oh, wow. But, oh, interesting. But yeah. So, I mean, that's really... I've got a ton of experience. We could spend two hours on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. Really. But, um, but yeah, I work the ramp and then go into something else that you might, you know, if you're... You know, if you're more service oriented, work as a customer service agent or be a flight attendant. If you're if your goal is to be a pilot, don't sell yourself short. Just do it. Do whatever it takes to commit. Be a mechanic. Exactly. Be a mechanic. Be a dispatcher. You know, there's there's a lot of different avenues to go with. And if you want to work the ramp your entire career, do that. Any any FBO manager I've ever met, they started out as just a regular ramper. Yeah. I mean. You could you could just run the show on the ground if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, definitely, absolutely. Um, so, oh, is there ahead. is there anything we haven't really covered with you, Tony? I mean, Ryan, can you think of anything? I know I've been jumping in asking the questions, but is there anything else, yeah, Ryan? No, you you pretty much you covered it all. I mean, yeah. I, I a couple of the questions I was going to ask you did just about like an experience, but you shared the cockpit experience. Yeah. Um, so no, I I think so. At the, the basis, end of like of all of our interviews, we kind of asked each other like, what advice would you have for somebody you know working in aviation? And I mean, it sounds like you gave some pretty good advice as far as like you know how to pursue a career mm-hmm. in aviation. Um, is there any other advice though that you would have because? We all know it can be a challenge at times with some of the people you work with, right. um, some of the organizations, the way they run things and the way they may or may not make you feel, mm-hmm. you know, appreciated or, right. you know, the long hours, the crazy weather we have to work in. I, Is there some kind of advice you give somebody, uh, you know, working in or about to work in it? I would say, and this kind of goes with any career field, just don't be an asshat out there. <laughs> exactly. You know, be be willing to do the job. Learn as much as you can while you're learning the job. Be eager. And, and I'm not saying don't have your nose up your supervisor's ass. I'm just saying be a good employee. Be a good team member and learn, be safe, and most of all, enjoy the experience. And you know what? If you're not enjoying the experience, maybe it's not for you. Move on to something else. Don't stick around. Be miserable. Be that guy that's been there for 15 years that nobody likes, that complains about everything. You know, just <laughs> yeah, yeah, know. always learn, always, you know, learn to make yourself better and make your team better, make the company look better, and who knows, maybe it'll pay off for you in the end. But um, Wise words, brother. Thank you. If you're young enough That's out right. there, though, don't don't sell yourself short. Work on the ramp for a year, Wh- whether it's six months or a year, just do it. You'll If you're as into aviation as the three of us are, you'll love it. And there will be days when you're absolutely going to hate it, but for the most part, you'll love it. Some of my some of my fondest memories working in the aviation industry are have been working on the ramp, and yeah, and then just being exhausted after a long day mm-hmm. and just getting a whole lot done, a lot accomplished, yep. and you just feels good to right have and, that day behind you. And I and I will <laughs> say this too, you know, working as a flight dispatcher. 
um, one of the most rewarding feelings is you can have is when you've had have is when you <laughs> when you have a day where everything just went to shit and you were able to get everything put back together so the person that takes over for you has it better than you did when you left. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's true. Ha- leaving things ready and yeah. fueled and yeah, definitely. That and and I guess important. that goes along with any job too. Just take pride in what you do. I know it's simple how just certain mm-hmm. just life rules just apply to anything really. Yeah. And I, and I want to read you one thing before we finish, just to give you an idea of what kind okay. of a, an, an airline employee I was and how seriously I took my job and what I wanted to do. Okay, you ready for this? Here we go. <laughs> this is a letter of recommendation written from one of my bosses at SkyWest. And this was back in 2008. So it says, okay. To whom it may concern, During the time Tony Rumfalo worked for me as an ATC supervisor at SkyWest Airlines in the OCC, that's Operational Control Center, he exhibited exemplary performance in both leadership and technical ability. Some of Tony's responsibilities included implementation of ATC initiatives, route building and database maintenance, and representation of SkyWest Airlines for industry meetings. He was always proactive in the approach to his job, identifying and correcting problems before they occurred and communicated any procedural changes within our department quickly and effectively. In summation, I feel Tony would be a tremendous asset to any airline operation or in a leadership capacity. Please feel free to contact me for any additional information. So you you don't need a job. Who who did he write that for? (laughs) Huh? Yeah, that was for me, brother. (laughs) Oh, oh, I thought you wrote that. <laughs> oh, wait. Is that the draft I said? And then I, I just asked him to sign it? <laughs> You're like, um, can you just sign this bill? <laughs> no, I just I just want I just wanted to put that out there that if you if you take pride in what you do and you you yeah, do a good job yeah, seriously. it can lead to yeah. other opportunities. I mean I had a lot of different opportunities in the industry. Even though I'm not in the industry at the moment, I think by, you know, doing the ramp check thing that we're doing right now, it keeps our feet wet, uh, kind of keeps our fingers on the pulse of the industry, and I wouldn't change it for the world. So there's yeah, that's there's, cool. there's getting to know Tony. Well, there you go. Well. Quite the experience. And so hopefully everybody <laughs> listening will you know, understand where we're from, where we're coming, you know, where we're coming from, you know, our experiences is, you know, where we get, you know, our stories from gives us a little bit more credibility. Hopefully Um, everybody always, you know, everybody varies in their experience and, and what they've done. But uh, yeah, we, we have a pretty wide range of, uh, of experience out there. So that's cool. Yep. Definitely. Kind of makes me proud to be a room follow brother. Exactly. And, and part of Ramp Check Global. God damn right. it. Right. <laughs> so, so for the two or three of you that are still with us, uh, it's actually time for the aircraft challenge. We might be at yeah, right. four or five by now. Let's knock this out. Where are we out on time today? Jeez, it <clears> seems like we're, we're rolling along. 
Yeah, we're only at an hour and 20 minutes. Not a big deal. Oh, that's not too bad. Not our shortest podcast, but not our longest. Yeah. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time time for the Ramp Check Aircraft Challenge. Ryan, take it away. What do we have? (laughs) Shut up. You might want to speak up. Hey, that needs to go on a t shirt. What, what do we, we have? have? <laughs> <laughs> what do we have on the board today? Uh, all right. So now we're down to, are we down to the sweet 16? 10, 12, 14, 16. Yep. We're in the sweet 16. So. Okay, um, let's do this. So what are we going to do? The all the 16? Challenge. What? Are we going to narrow it down to eight today? We might as well, right? You want to go through it all? Yeah, let's well, do it. Well, not all of it, but yeah, this round. Down to eight. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. All right. We'll go down to eight. Here we go. I'll we just right won't in. be super long in explaining. Yeah, right. that's probably a good idea. Decisions. We should probably just make the votes faster because a lot of these aircraft that have advanced, we've kind of already talked about them. So You're kind of dragging ass on this. Let's get let's going. Let's just make them short and sweet <laughs> when we decide. Hey, well, you're the one that gives <laughs> us all these. Well, I remember when I was 12 and... I saw that airplane but fly look at how much better you are. <laughs> the sky was partly cloudy that day. 60 degrees Fahrenheit. That, that guy in Ferris Bueller's day off of the school is all in what? In what? Way. way. Exactly. So don't shut be giving me shit, all shut right? Shut the hell um, up. All right. Hey, and go, I'll, go. Okay, I... Man, these are all tough. Uh, the XB-70 and the F-14 Tomcat. Oh, my so God. Oh, I'll go first, then suck. Tony, then Aaron, then you'll go first, then I'll, okay, I'll keep so track Okay, so Ryan's going to so, go first this time. Um, <clears throat> oh, I'm, really? I'm going to go the XB-70. It's just too cool. I, I can't vote against <sighs> it. So it sucks going against the F-14 because that is an awesome aircraft, but I'm going to go XB-70. Tony? Oh, you know what? I'm going to have to... Damn it. I'm going to have to say, negative Ghost Rider, the pattern is full. The XB-70 it is. Oh. Yeah. What would you, you have picked, Aaron? You like a reality TV show trying to say one thing, but then <laughs> know, the, right? turns it around. I just voted um, the F-14 Tomcat off the fucking island, God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. But see, the thing is, is I was going to vote for the XB-70 as well. Um, so the unanimous. F-14 Tomcat is my most favorite uh, fighter of all time. Mm-hmm. I would have to say jet fighter. Um, but the XB-70 is just too badass to, oh, you know, dude, put that away. Yeah. Wait till the next two aircraft. Are you ready? All right. Next round. Okay. And Tony will go first on this one. Oh, man. Um, the F-35, and the B-58 Hustler. Can you believe that? Oh, damn. They're getting tough. You know, we've already put through one legacy bomber. Granted, it was never operational, the XB-70. The B-58 was, however, and that's just a cool, badass-looking airplane. But I have to go with the F-35. Okay. The yeah, lightning Yes. Aaron, what about you, brother? <laughs> um, well, I would have to agree. Uh, the F-35, how could we vote that one out? Um, mm-hmm. You know, even in the middle of the aircraft challenge. 
uh, love everything about the F-35. I do love the B-58 Hustler as well. It's so awesome. The very first example of one of those I ever saw was down at the Pima Air and Space Museum. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's really not that big either. It's crazy how small it is. Mm -hmm. You think it's bigger when you see it for the first time. But, yeah, damn it, B-58, got to go. I'll go the F-35. Okay, Ryan, what would your vote have been? Not that it matters. F-35. F-35, yeah. Everything that's come to light with that lately, seeing it at the last air show. Hearing it, feeling it. Just (laughs) everything, getting to know a few of the pilots. I Yeah, F-35. Definitely. Cool. It's too bad the Hustler went down because I love that, but oh well. Okay. B-36, DC-10. Aaron, you go first on this one. Oh, man, I get this one. Um... So, let's see here. Ah, that's a tough one. Are you? Can you guys hear me? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just listening. Okay. Sorry, it was my earphones were cutting out. Um. Anyway, doesn't matter. So I would have to say, oh, this is tough. But I'm going to vote for the B36. And wow. The re the reason why is I never got a fly on a DC10. Mm-hmm. I've always loved the DC-10. It's been one of my favorite um, airliners of all time. I always stop what I'm doing and look in the sky whenever an MD-11 or a DC-10 is flying over an MD-10. Mm-hmm. Uh, FedEx flies them in and out of Salt Lake all the time. Um, but, uh, you know, B-36, sick pusher prop engengines, and then so you've got unique the looking. four turbojet engines on both, you know, ends of the wings and just how big it was i mean it could fly for god forever the funny the coolest thing about the b36 to me is that is like the aviation engineers the scientists or whatever they're doing the absolute best they can with the technology that was available at that moment yeah you know what i mean the combination of the jet engines with the pusher props that, mm-hmm. that, I think, is yeah. one of the most unique things about that airplane. All right, Ryan, what, what about you? I, I'm i going to pick the B-36 as well. Oh. So, wow. I just, I don't, <clears throat> I do, I love all these aircraft. I love the DC-10, but the B-36 is where it's at. Okay. So, I guess. For the record, I would have picked the DC-10 just because that, I think, out of, all is one of my all-time favorites but whatever okay so the b36 (laughs) moves on happy yep and uh okay ryan up next i'm and i'll go first oh damn the (laughs) b1 goes against the b17 um man that's it's hard i i think about both of them but it's hard for, for me for me the the B one just does it for me, <laughs> so I'm gonna pick the B one. Tony. Oh man, what was it that Scotty said in Star Trek? I'd like to get my hands on her ample nacelles. Anyway, I gotta go with the B one. Definitely, there, there's no question. I know, Aaron, you love the B seventeen. It kind of hits close to home for you because you've been able to fly on one. But damn, the B one—it's there's just, yeah, the B one. 
Yeah, I I would have to agree. I B seventeen, you know, helped win the war. That's why the world's mm-hmm. not speaking German right now. Right. But um there's nothing wrong with German people. I'm just saying the Nazis spoke German and that hey. would have been shitty. Gigs. <laughs> but anyway, uh yeah, B one. Um, I've seen a B1 do a full afterburner pass and a goddamn barrel roll on its climb out to altitude. So how could you vote against that? Exactly. Damn. As big as it is. Yep. All right. Okay. So, uh, all right. The next one. Um, Tony goes first, the F4 Phantom (sighs) and the Boeing 747. So this would come to me first. This is tough because That's terrible. the F-4 Phantom is my all-time favorite military fighter. And the Boeing 747 is my all-time favorite commercial airliner. Are you serious? <laughs> How about the... I'm going to choose the BF-7474 Phantom. Does that work? The Boeing? <laughs> yeah, that's the hell of a bastard child right there. <laughs> Oh my god! You gotta pick one. Oh, this is terrible. And it's it's gonna be Ugh. left up to Aaron and I, so And and they're like the two most iconic and majestic looking <laughs> aircraft too, if you think about it. Oh my god. Yeah. Um very true. Oh man. <laughs> I know, right? All right. Okay, I'm thinking ahead here. So we haven't voted any commercial airliners yet into the next round. So, and if the F4 comes up against the F35 in the finals, okay, time's up. Yeah, <laughs> F- Boeing 747. <laughs> okay, got to go for the 747. I ended the time uh, Jeopardy. Timer. Um, am I God, next? that was tough. All right, Aaron, so you're next. Okay, I love the F4, but I'm definitely going the 747. I'd never want to see a time when there's not a 747 flying in the sky. Good point, um, brother. I love that the cargo market has recovered because it has saved the 747 production. So yeah. I'm going to hope and pray that they continue to do that um, and produce 747s in whatever variant um, as long as I live. Amen. All right. Thank you for that, Brother Rumfalo. Um, <laughs> I was probably going to vote for the 747, but I'll vote for the F4 just so it doesn't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> and the 47 moves on. Okay. So, okay, no. next, uh, All right. got another Boeing on this side of the bracket. The 727 goes up against a P-51. And Aaron, you're first. We know what Aaron's going to Oh, be. that sucks because the 727 is my most favorite airliner um, that I've ever flown on and one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um. I would have to say, well, and then I've been in a P-51. Um, I would have to say I'm going to go P-51 this time because, once again, had the P-51 not been produced, we probably all would have been speaking German under Nazi rule. So <laughs> That's P-51, true. and I've been in a P-51, and I've done barrel rolls in a P-51 and a mock strafing run in a P-51. 
and I still get chills. So yeah, it's yes. the best thing for me. <laughs> All right, okay. Ryan. Um, I also love the Boeing 727, but the P-51 has been my my favorite World War II aircraft ever since I can remember. So I'm picking the P-51. All right. Sounds good. And um, just because Aaron was rubbing it in our noses, all of his flight experiences in a P-51, I'm going to choose the Boeing 727. <laughs> but anyway, okay. not that it matters. No, it doesn't matter. <laughs> P-51 yeah. moves on. All right. Okay, next. Um, and I go first this time. Uh-huh. The, the F-18 Yikes. and the A-10. Oh, wow. Damn. Um, there's nothing like the A-10. It, nothing like it like i could say there's nothing like the f-18 but you know you could put that in the category as like the f-15 it does have a cool look blue angels are awesome all that and i do love the f-18 but there is nothing like the a-10 a-10 it is for me tony you're up oh, f- a-10 <laughs> yeah there just to echo what ryan said there is absolutely nothing like the a10 out there the sound of the cannon the sound of those two high bypass turbofan engines on a jet it's just the the unique yeah just slicing through the air yeah Yeah. a10 Um, what would you have said aaron yeah yeah i would have said a10 too because you know some of those other aircraft we've mentioned um the A-10, the way it was designed, you know, built around that 30-millimeter gun, mm-hmm. it was designed to destroy Russian tanks had they ever invaded Europe. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to say, instead of saving us from speaking Nazi German, <laughs> we probably would all be speaking Russian, maybe, right. if it wasn't for the deterrent of the A-10. Yep, that makes total so, sense. Yeah. That's awesome. A-10. Okay. So the A-10 moves through, and then the last one is... I went first, so Tony goes first. The F-4U Corsair. Baba Black Sheep. And the SR-71. Baba Blackbird. (laughs) (laughs) It was so dumb. It was so dumb. (laughs) Um, Even though... I'm super jealous. You guys got to experience uh, the SR-71 firsthand, and I've seen one take off, and I've yeah, I've touched cool, one, though. but I never got to sit in the cockpit of one. So uh, I'm still going to choose the SR-71. There's no way you can even go against it. Aaron, yep, yeah, Aaron. I'm going to agree, man. Um, Ryan's vote's not going to count on this one, but I'm pretty sure I know where he would vote. Yeah, but the SR seventy one Mach three plus speed sustained uh, flew its missions in full afterburner. Um, you know, private. You know, nobody knew where it was going. Uh, the Russians tried to launch, you know, MiG twenty fives and MiG thirty ones at it. Never, never was able to get to it. It's well, been fired upon. Losing it after one time. radar sweep. Yeah, I know exactly. Um, it's still state-of-the-art, cutting-edge techno- engine technology and a lot of technology in the aircraft, even though it was designed in the late 50s. Um, yeah, that's... 
SR seventy one all the way. Yeah, SR seventy one. Yeah, I mean, I think I've <laughs> said this in uh, previous episodes that the SR seventy one is probably going to go all the way through on that side for me. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. You never know. Something could change my mind. <laughs> we'll have to see. I know. And, and sitting in the cockpit of an SR seventy one and looking at that Mach meter. And just imagining what it would have been like at altitude looking out the cockpit windows mm-hmm. and that meter going above Mach 3 just gives you chills. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So we're down to eight now. We're in the Elite Eight, and we can do that next time. Okay. So that's coming up next time on the Ramp Check Podcast. So uh, just before we say goodbye, I want to remind <laughs> you one more time, go to our website, rampcheckglobal.com. Or rampcheckglobal.com slash rampswag. Check out our gear. Order some gear. Buy some. There's some really cool designs. Uh, Hit us up on our Instagram page if you want to make any suggestions uh, for some apparel or for some hats. And don't forget, find us on SoundCloud, uh, Google Podcasts, and of course, Apple Podcasts. When you're on Apple Podcasts, share it with your family and friends. Subscribe. And then... Leave us a five-star rating with the review, and in that review, include the hashtag RampCheckGlobal and the hashtag RCGRampSwag, and that'll automatically enter you in for your choice of either um, a RampCheckGlobal hat or a t-shirt. And uh, Aaron, where do we find down the social medias? Yeah, so basically go to Instagram, at AaronRumFollow. Um, a lot of my photos are all over our Ramp Check Instagram as well, at Ramp Check Global. Um, yeah, check it out. Um, I don't know if this is the last podcast before Christmas or not, but I just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Aw, travel safe, everyone. Thanks, man. <laughs> that's right. I'm at... Enjoy those flights. Enjoy yeah, those flights right. because aviation is definitely uh, what makes our life function so effortlessly yep effortlessly <laughs> here I we go again that damn <laughs> I know, you do <laughs> effortlessly there, there we go, go. there you go just remember when you're traveling all the pilots flight attendants ramp clue cru- clues ramp crews <laughs> four syllable words are hard line service <laughs> yeah. text yeah at least i don't screw up a word that has four letters <laughs> <laughs> shuttle drivers <clears throat> aircraft cleaners anyone that's involved in aviation and transportation safely remember they all have families too and they're trying to do their best to make you happy and safe and enjoy your holidays with your family i'm at from follow me um (laughs) on instagram so you can go give us a follow and thanks for making us part of your day appreciate it Merry Christmas, everyone. Oh, thanks, brother. There you go. And before I tell everybody, I want to just say, Merry Christmas to you, brothers. It's been a pleasure (laughs) doing the podcast with you. Oh, thanks. And looking forward to a a podcast-tastic 2019. That was hard to get out. That's right. Um, You can find me at uh, trumfollow on uh, Instagram. Uh, also on Twitter as well. And don't forget uh, at Ramchat Global for our Instagram and Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, again, when you're traveling this holiday season, uh, remember 
everyone's trying to get you there as quickly and more importantly as safely as possible so if you're delayed because of the weather it's not because of the pilot it's not because of the air traffic controller um blame it on the big man upstairs who actually controls the weather and if that doesn't sound reasonable to you then you know i don't know what to tell you no just uh just have patience be kind to the people traveling with you the flight crews everybody else that ryan mentioned that uh, actually can help get you from point a to point b and uh, on behalf of the ramp check podcast uh merry christmas to everybody and have a happy new year ho 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 good day